This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report, episode 259 on a rainy, cold, windy Monday evening, February 12th, 2024, as Phoebe just tried to rip down our table setup here by jumping from the front. She's trying to add some excitement. Do you think the camera caught that? I didn't even notice. I I think they might have seen there's old Phoebe, the producer. They might have seen the bottom end of it. That might be a hell of a start episode 259 here i am will byram joined as always by my co-host trevor hewlin here at the door report we are powered by 615 collectibles if you are into sports cards sports memorabilia anything along those lines 615 collectibles is your one-stop shop with specially curated collections for all fan bases out there starting out with the vanderbilt commodores currently an ebay store operating just search 615 collectibles on ebay You should be able to see that. TDR will also tweet out a link to that eBay store. There is a website coming soon for 615 Collectibles, and the first items up on that website, 615collectibles.com, will be a massive collection of Vanderbilt former players, sports cards, and memorabilia. Trevor, show the people what what, uh, sports cards we specially selected today, the first of which is going to trigger you a slight bit. I don't like this. First off, ladies and gentlemen, we have an upper deck Lego sports, Jerry Stackhouse, Detroit Pistons. That is disgusting. We have a rookie NBA hoops, Milwaukee Bucks, Frank Cornette. That's a throwback. That's a gorgeous card. Beautiful with all his Vanderbilt career stats on the back as well. We have current Philadelphia Eagle, Zach Cunningham, Panini Prism, Autograph. Look at that. Is it not numbered? numbered. Not it's numbered. Okay. It's still Don't want to auto. disappoint you. The next one isn't a valuable card. It's oh, just so damn beautiful. Gosh. I had to bring it oh, up. Oh, my word. We have a press pass 2009. DJ Moore rookie. I don't know if the camera can see that. In the all gold. In the all gold. That I believe was what... this is uh, against. I don't know. I was going to say Kentucky, but I'm not sure. With the star stickers the, on the helmet, oh on the gold gosh. helmet, with the anchor stickers on the gold we gotta helmet. We got to bring back the original star V bring back all over stickers. this card. This one, on the other hand, these will all be listed that were just shown. You might uh, not sell that And many one. more. This one is staying in my personal collection here. It's just too beautiful to get rid of. That's a pretty card. There are quite, there are quite a few that will just be staying in my personal collection, but way more than will be staying in my personal collection. We'll be listed on 615collectibles.com. More info to come on that. But the eBay store 
is currently up and active. So check it out on eBay. And like I mentioned, we will tweet out the link as well. Trevor, we have a beefy episode 259. Yeah, a large and in charge. It's probably going to be broken up into two parts. One part will be released, I guess, tomorrow morning, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Dark days ahead, gentlemen. Yeah. And the second part will probably, depending on how long this goes, be be released Tuesday morning of next week. We'll see how it goes. We don't have a ton of Vanderbilt sports to update you on. Vanderbilt basketball continued their losing ways. Vanderbilt baseball in four days. But here on episode 259, we have Ask TDR Anything. Trevor has collected all of, all of your questions, all of the TDR listeners' questions. Thank you to everyone absolutely for submitting those questions trevor how many did we get in total or just just around we got 36 in total so okay. almost a 40 and they're they're actually still coming in so we had two like at the buzzer honestly i don't know about you if they keep submitting and we'll keep reading them we'll keep reading we'll them. keep reading them. there's no there's no time limit honestly i was originally worried we weren't going to get enough submissions <laughs> to even do a full episode and then we might have enough to do two episodes off of this but that's what we've got coming in episode 259. Before we get to all that and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. Trevor, it's now time for segment one. Now time. Welcome back into episode 259 of The Door Report. Trevor, before we get into the Ask TDR Anything, which will be massively the bulk of this episode, yes. just have to give a very quick update on Vanderbilt men's basketball. Got the win against Missouri to prevent an 0-18 SEC schedule, but things have gone downhill ever since <laughs> that victory. To say it in the slightest, the Kentucky Wildcats came into Memorial, dominated Memorial with their fans. Go Big Blue chance raining down. Beat Vanderbilt 109-77. to The team gave up. Vanderbilt was down 42-22 to with over six minutes left in the first half. The team's done. Yeah. This team is done. They don't care. They don't care about their head coach, understandably. Jerry Stackhouse has given up. The entire program is in shambles as we hit on week after week. Vanderbilt also went on the road, got obliterated. The final score does not do it justice. In the second half by South Carolina, 75 to 60. Vanderbilt was winning at halftime in that game. The final score does not do it justice. Vanderbilt went into half on the road against number 15, South Carolina, with a lead. <laughs> Why does my watch always decide to go off in the middle in. of the rants? Vanderbilt was up 32-28 at half and ended up losing that game by 15. We're outscored by almost 20 points in the second half. Every single time Vanderbilt performs well in a first half, the opposing coach goes into the locker room and dominates Jerry yeah. Stackhouse in the whiteboard. All his X's and O's sure don't seem to come to fruition with in-game adjustments, Trevor. No, not even close. Um, honestly, after you the, didn't watch, I didn't watch. I didn't watch. No, I continue not to watch. I will say, though, there is a part there's not a, a small part of me, a really large part of me that's actually shocked Candace Story Lee did not fire him after that Kentucky game. And once again, maybe this is the pessimist in me. I, I tweeted this. If he didn't get fired after they got that Kentucky game, I truly, and I'm not saying this to, to be dramatic, I really do have some reservations on if she's going to fire him at the end of the season. I'm not totally sold. 
What is the old saying? I've had many crises in my life. Most of them have turned out not to be crises at all. I think that's how I feel about this. I understand not firing him in the middle of the season. It doesn't really matter, to be honest, because you're going to be clean in house within that coaching staff. I'm going to err on the side of she will fire him after the season. There's just no point in doing it mid-season on a season that is already completely lost and destroyed. So I'm not going to lose faith until there's reason to lose faith. If he is still employed more than two days after the end of this basketball season. Oh, I'm chaining myself to McGugan. That is when you will see me come on here and start going on rants about AD Candace Lee having no idea what she's doing, being completely out of touch with where this program is and how far they have fallen. There will be plenty of rants to be had once they are justified. I'm not scared yet, just because college in-season firings are just a lot more rare mm -hmm. than they are in professional sports. So I'm not concerned yet. The Kentucky game was embarrassing. Kentucky fans normally take over the stadiums they travel to. This was another level. Yeah, This was 80 90% Kentucky fans, chance raining down. And why wouldn't they? Vanderbilt was clearly dominated. And Vanderbilt, quite frankly, does not belong in the same conference as the teams they're playing. Their talent level is OVC level yeah. right now. I think Tyron, at times, is a legit SEC player. I think Ezra is a real SEC player. I think Van Allen Lubin is a real SEC player. Everyone else on that court is either too young and not developed enough or would not be getting playing time for any other SEC program outside of Missouri because no. Missouri's terrible. Maybe Texas A&M. Maybe Texas A&M. Definitely but, Missouri. But they just got the dub against Tennessee, which is something that Vanderbilt could not do. So Missouri is so bad. Yeah. The more I, the more matchups I watch this year with Vanderbilt and the more I see of Missouri, they, Missouri is amazingly bad this season. Trevor, we also have moving away from Vanderbilt basketball. We won't hit on this very much, but Vanderbilt baseball returns in four days, three days when this episode is released. We're so back. I cannot wait for Vandy boys baseball this Friday, this Friday. Coming soon to a field new you to, to a field near you nailed that tim corbin please save us oh my gosh please I, save I, need, us I need i need timmy c to come save me from this depression i've never felt the need in my heart and soul for a good vandy boys season like i have this year vanderbilt fans need it mm -hmm. even guys like me that don't hang their hat their entire fandom on the success of the baseball program i enjoy it i love vanderbilt baseball mm -hmm. it's definitely three out of three on the list for me i need it like i need air this yeah. year so tim corbin please save us i have a feeling uh this spring at the hawks gonna be a movie i'm hoping i i have a i have a i have a sneaking suspicion that left field is going to be an absolute uh animal zoo i can't get my hopes up anymore if i get my hopes up they're inevitably destroyed and dashed in ways i can't even imagine <laughs> they will be so no more hopes getting up i'm expecting this to be a massive disappointment for the vandy boys this season <laughs> you know I don't believe yeah. in that. But Trevor, I think it's time for the highly anticipated Ask TDR Anything episode as Trevor cleans Phoebe's crusty eyes. She gets the worst crusty eyes, and it's because she sleeps so much. And every single time I'm like, it's like OCD. I'm like, i got to clean your eyes, little girl. But Trevor, this is our first. We've had talking with TDR where people submitted voice messages. Mm-hmm. Those were played live, and we reacted. We have never done an Ask TDR or user-submitted questions or a mailbag, however you want to phrase it. We've never really done that here. No. So this is our first time in honor. 
I've pulled out some high quality champagne Pop in the out boob. of the fridge. You're not going to see high quality champagne like this on any other SEC no, podcast. Not this even is close. the good stuff. No, cooks. Even... <laughs> $14 for this bottle right here. What Woo! a steal. So we're going to pop it live here on episode 259 to celebrate the kickoff. The first Ask TDR Anything might become a little bit of a tradition here. It might be. Something like uh, talking with TDR, I think, will become a tradition once there are actually sports that people want to call in and discuss about. Yes, exactly. I'll keep it flowing. Yeah, like you said, nobody wants to talk. It's hard to do a talking with TDR right now with basketball. Um, because to be honest, I don't blame anybody that doesn't want to talk about it. Because to be honest, I have I'm a part of a Vanderbilt football or Vanderbilt sports podcast, and I don't want to talk about Vanderbilt basketball. So, um, as well as almost done here with the bubbly. This is how you know it's high quality stuff. The silicone cap. with a silicone plastic cap yeah. instead of a cork. That's how you know this is the real deal. Yeah, they definitely. Oh yeah, or right, watch out, Phoebe. Watch your little ears. Holy shit! That's the TDR difference, ladies and gentlemen. Cut. Cut. Yeah, we'll cut. 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 <laughs> and we're back. Trevor, that looked planned. That, I, actually, no. I actually don't think it looked planned. I, we haven't seen the replay yet. We just clicked pause and recording. That was bad. That'll that, go down in the in the annals of TDR. I, I honestly, I bet my reaction was not great. I didn't expect it to splooge that much. The champagne splooged it everywhere. Was... If that was, I mean, that was a natural disaster levels of sports. All right, now, now you pour. I don't trust myself okay. with it anymore. All you, right. you pour. You got to give it the nice slant here. There we go. Watch out, it's fizzy. Oh, it's Keep. Good. There we go. Just dump it. Who cares? There we go. There we go. Watch out. Oh, too much. Now we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. Now that that's happened, I don't know how I'm going to edit that in the video. Add some noise to it. Just let it roll. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, What were we talking? We're kicking off the first Ask TDR Anything because clearly me and Trevor, or at least me, have things together. So this is a great kickoff to whatever the hell the first question is going to be. Trevor is going to be reading all the questions he put together, the whole Google form. It took like two seconds. Has them all very importantly and very categorically, very organized, all on his cell phone right now. All on my work cell phone. So this should be a hell of a time. Trevor, Trevor will be reading the questions. He's read them. I have no idea. I've only read some. Some of these I'm like, I don't, yeah. I have no idea what the questions are. I'm just going to be raw dogging them. So much like the champagne raw dog dust. I will be raw dogging these questions. So, Trevor, let's kick it off. All righty. So, the way that we are doing this is we are just going from first to last. So, whoever this was the very first. This was the very chronologically. This was the very first question submitted. We obviously, since we are the premier Vanderbilt sports podcast, a lot of these are Vandy centric. Oh, dude, Zen. I don't have oh, a Zen. dude, dude. Papa Cool Mint Sixty in there, baby. Dude, just a little cool mint upper deckies in Bobway. Oh, you're a lower decky. Breaking news. Whoa. I'm a lower decky guy. Whoa. I started out with a real tobacco. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I did not. So, um, 
mine was dude that sizzle of a jewel dude it just it takes me back the crackle oh, that they took that from us they took mango jewel pots from us don't don't ever forget that were they causing cancer probably they were yeah should were they have they, taken it away probably were they marketing jewel to children yes absolutely and teenagers on 100 but they still took it away from us still a tragedy it was oh, was just, it a good decision overall for the overall health of the u.s population in the long run yeah, yeah probably yeah, yeah. yeah. but was there anything like ripping into a red special edition jewel with Ooh. a mango pod crammed oh, inside? Oh, Nothing like spending fifteen dollars on a four pack of mango pod. You're just you're just sitting there and you just hear. Thanks, Joe Biden. Oh gosh. Okay, so the very first question, like I said, all of these are very Vandy centric. A lot of these aren't. A lot of you guys, we have uh, some relationship questions in there. People are asking us uh, about personal experiences, but the first question that was submitted is. Vanderbilt football related. The first question, most of these are anonymous. I think only two people actually included their name. Um, <clears throat> the first question, what is your confidence that Clark Lee will take us to a bowl game during his tenure? Um, you want me to go first on this? Yeah, go, go first. first. Yeah, because I already know my take. During his overall tenure right now, I wish I could be more confident. I'm going to be a be a 6.8 6.8 trending up with this okay. re, with this recruiting cycle and this transfer cycle. If they had shit the bed in the transfer market, hadn't been able to bring in any significant players, it would be a lot lower. If you would ask me this right after the 2 and 10 season we just witnessed with all the guys transferring out initially, would have been like a 3 or 4. Yeah. Cuz it felt like things were really falling apart. Clark Lee and Barton Simmons and the rest of the staff and what they've done bringing over experienced coaching from New Mexico State, a 6.8 but trending up, if you would ask me two months ago, would have been a completely different answer. Yeah, I think that Clark Lee definitely gets this team to a bowl at some point in his tenure. Is that next year? I hope so. Realistically, probably not, simply because of how tough the schedule is. Um, but my take is if Derek Mason could get Vanderbilt to a couple bowl games, I think anybody could get Vanderbilt to a couple bowl games. Um, then again, he didn't have to deal with the changing landscape of NIL, um, which we also should go he ahead He's also and say. dealing with, similar to James Franklin, kind of a down east. Yes, yes. We also should note, on this pod, um, in terms of the NCAA versus Tennessee, Virginia, this is a pro NCAA pod. We we love the NCAA uh, and act justice on the Tennessee Volunteers. So, what they're doing is disgusting. Absolutely, no, no one, no else room is in the doing, game for that. Yeah, there's nothing in NCAA in college athletics for that. Just disgusting what they're doing to these players. Just taking advantage of them. You know, I don't want to be a part of that. No, so yeah, I, we're we're very pro NCAA. Yes, we love the NCAA love on this pod. All right. So you are confident? Put it on a one to ten. In his in his tenure, I'll probably say like a seven and a half. Okay, so you're this more upcoming than season. Me. I'm below a five. This upcoming season with the schedule. If you were saying this upcoming season, I'm like a three. A lot of things and a lot of new pieces have to come together with a completely new offensive coordinator, Clark, in his first year as yeah. the defensive coordinator. A you lot of weird stuff. It next year is a real coin flip. I could see next year being a two and ten, three and nine with slight improvement. And it's not the world is falling three and nine. It's just they're better, but they're still not there. It will be the next year 
in year five. Yeah. Conveniently an important year to show your progress within a program. Mm -hmm. So I like the during the tenure that that bumped it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this next question, this one's kind of tough. Somebody asks, uh, what are your Tim Corbin all-time Vanderbilt teams? I'm guessing they mean if whatever I think of all-time team, it's just like players from Vanderbilt during Corbin's tenure and putting the best at the position. I was thinking he was saying, like, what are your favorite seasons? I also thought about that. If we're going favorite season, um, personally, I know the, the sexy pick is the is – 2013 World Series, 2014 World Series. I'm going Kamar Rocker's junior season. That's personally for me. I'm going to go Kamar Rocker junior season. That was Kamar Ryder. No, that was just Kamar, his senior or his junior. Okay, the what year was the Kamar Lighter combo? Is that 19 or my tripping? No, that was 19. Mine is 2014, just because I will never forget witnessing for the first time. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt winning a national championship yep. and honestly I'm a Celtics fan so I saw it in 2008 mm -hmm. but I'm less tied to the Celtics than to the Titans or to Vanderbilt uh -huh. here locally that was my first time seeing one of my teams win not just a conference championship uh, or yep. win or whatever they actually won a national they championship the and boy. I'll never forget watching on an, one of those old fat projector TVs in my parents yep. living room I'll never forget the Norwood home run mm -hmm. and that Joe Fisher call so I know it's a cop-out answer but I'm going 2014. I agree. 2013, 2014, whatever you yeah. actually classify. I mean, the, yeah. It's 2014. Now, if he's now if he's asking, you might not have an answer for this. If he's asking a all-time Vanderbilt team to where you're putting together pieces from from different teams and eras, I'm going to rattle off real quick. I'll go center field. You have Enrique Bradfield Jr. Uh, left field, I'll put JJ Bleday. Right field, I'll put Brian Reynolds. Third base, I'll put Pedro Alvarez. Shortstop, I'll put Dansby. Second base, I'll put. No, gosh. Um, gosh, second base. I, I, I uh, Tony Kemp. I'll put Tony okay. Kemp at second base. First base, I'll put Xander Wheel. I was thinking, <laughs> I, 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 I love Xander Wheel. Oh, I don't my know gosh. why I just loved Xander Wheel. I feel like he struck out every <clears throat> time I wanted him to perform, but he just looked like he could hit the, hit the ball to the freaking moon. I don't know who I'd put it for. First base at catcher, I'll go Kurt Casale, and then all time pitcher, you got to go Price. First base, though, who would I put at first base? Who would I put at first base? Who would I put at first base? This is good podcast. This is great. Gentlemen. Yeah, I'm not sure who I would put at first base. We're going Xander Wheel. Yeah, well, yeah so let's go Xander just Wheel. Yeah, default. Xander Wheel. I was going to say actually at catcher just because CJ Rodriguez. Gosh, yeah. Just because, okay, also, side story, sorry, CJ, if this outs you. Uh, when I think it was twenty, the 2020 season, though, we were at Jason Aldean's, I think, on the stage, mm -hmm. and the entire Vanderbilt baseball team walked in, including Christian Little, oh, who was like 17 yeah. at the time. They all walked in up onto the stage, and I saw CJ Rodriguez. He was on another planet. Oh, was And he, from yeah. that moment on, CJ Rodriguez was my dog. <laughs> your, like, that's my, my favorite guy. player yes. of all time. He was just standing there, just nonverbal, not talking to anybody, <laughs> just taking in the moment, just... My guy was on the rings of Saturn. I might have to tweet out the picture, because I took a picture with... <laughs> 
<laughs> with Kumar Rocker actually on that night, and yeah. I am sweating. I'm just dripping sweat. I also look like a ghost because I'm where so COVID white. Was born. It wasn't actually born in a Wuhan lab. Yeah. It was born in Jason Aldean. <laughs> it might have been actually. That might have been the super spreader event that ruined the country. Oh my goodness. Okay, next question. If you had to spend the rest of your life never being able to smile <laughs> or never being able to stop smiling, which would you choose? Well, I, I'm a smiler. I'll go. Can't stop smiling. Okay, so you're the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I already live in a perpetual state of not smiling. <laughs> it's very rare. Feels very forced. I'm going to go not smiling just because that feels like less effort. And yeah. also, there's nothing in my life to smile about. <laughs> to quote whatever old meme yes. that is, a smile would be nice. Nothing in my life to smile about. Also, too, if, if I can't stop smiling, that is unfortunate because, like, yeah, people be like, okay, maybe he's just a happy guy. But in the unfortunate circumstance that tragedy does hit my life, I'll be, like, smiling through it, and people are like, dude, what is wrong with him? Like, you don't understand. I have to do this. I just can't imagine sitting in First Bank Stadium and perpetually smiling. A perpetual yeah, frown. Yeah. Yes, a perpetual smile just doesn't feel like it fits TDR nor my vibe. No, I get that. It's a good question. I get that. Honestly. I wish I wish you would have put a separate. Maybe next time we do this, put a separate optional line for name. Yeah, because I think some people would have attached their name to it and gotten a shout out if it yes, was there. Yeah, would have liked to know who asked some of these. Yeah, as we continue down. Yeah, the line. if you if you didn't put your name on here, just tweeted us and and out yes. yourself. Yeah. Um, next question. Who's your favorite Vandy athlete that nobody else would guess is one of your favorites? No Cutlers, Kumars, Cornets. Uh, so dark horses. That's a good question. Um, you should have let me prep for some of these. I'm thinking, um, I loved, Oh, come on, Trevor. You got this. Good Lord. Who did I love? Brad Tinsley. Yeah. I know that's an obvious answer. He's the starting point guard on a championship, SEC championship. Yeah, team. but he's in nobody's like top five. So you know what I mean? Um, I would go give me Caleb Scott. I loved Caleb Scott. Caleb Scott? Yeah. yeah I give me Caleb, give me Caleb Scott. Jonathan Krause feels like an easy answer. Krause. He's an underappreciated legend. Oh, I got another one. Archibald Barnes, linebacker for uh, early Franklin era, had a 100-yard pick six against Tennessee in 2011. War number 15, Archibald Barnes. I'm going to go Sarah Fuller. Ooh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I don't Blake think... Blake Fromey. Blake, give me Blake. Blake give Fromey. me Blake. TDR's number one former Vanderbilt athlete, and it's not even close. Yeah, give me give me Blake. Give me Blake. Give Bruno. me Bruno. Bruno Reagan. Give me Bruno. Give me Jack Barton. Yep. Give me yep. Tommy Eccles. Yep. Um, yep. Who else? Who else? Who else? Wesley Shelling. Wesley Shelling. Wesley you got to give Wesley. Um, I'm trying to think of baseball guys. Um. Lord, I mean, but all of them. I also like Matthew Fisher Davis. I know that he's had some controversial yeah. statements, but he was—he's been on the podcast. I've talked to him a few times outside of the podcast. I just like Matthew Fisher Davis. I like shooters. Oh my gosh, who's that guy with the long hair? Tight end during Derry? Sam Dobbs. Sam Dobbs. Sam Dobbs. That's a good he one. was awesome. Who was the fullback? He made the during... catch against Tennessee. Yes. Who was the fullback during? A uh, Bailey McIlwain. Ba McIlwain. Yep. Was it Bailey McIlwain? Yes. McIlwain. Bailey McIlwain. Oh, he yeah. was great. Um, Patton. 
I love Austin Carter Samuels too. Yep. Um, great question. Larry Smith. Oh my gosh. I hated him sometimes. I sometimes loved him sometimes, but he took the kneel down. He was I don't understand I don't know what Phoebe's doing right now, by the way. Um she's a little on edge after the champagne got dumped on top of her. She's like being very jumpy. It's okay though. Big squeeze. Big squeeze. This is going to be an unhinged episode, yeah. dude. We're only four questions in. Okay, now this is a this is a big one. Okay. Um, we know who sent this. We're not going to out them, but <laughs> I would like to preface my question with this. Clearly, both of you established scholars and gentlemen are not fans of Jerry Stackhouse and want him gone. Open parentheses, your father's included. Close parentheses. So my question below really asks, how bad do each of you want that and how much do you care about the doors? Hypothetical question with the preface. Each of you is given a choice whether to keep or fire Jerry Stackhouse, but there are conditions. If you want to fire Jerry, he has to become your stepdad. Your parents divorce amicably and your mother remarries Jerry Stackhouse. As your stepdad, he completely ignores you, but he treats your mother well, and you are not allowed to eat his barbecue ever or go golfing with him. If you choose this option, you will get to pick the next Vandy head coach and land five-star recruits in each class for the next 10 years. On the other hand, if you choose to keep him, uh, he will be Vanderbilt's coach until he passes. You, mostly Trevor, must attend every home game until he passes, tweet nothing but support for him, and do a loving eulogy at his funeral describing how great of a coach he was at Vandy. Which option would you choose? Trevor, there's an obvious third option. <laughs> yes, yes. Give the third option. There's an obvious third option with that scenario, and that is I have to kill Jerry Sackhouse. I love my parents more than Vanderbilt Athletics. That's one of the few things on this planet I do yeah, love more same. than Vanderbilt Athletics. They have a happy marriage of 30-plus years. I have to kill Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. I think I think that would be what I have to do. I think I would have a decent opportunity to get away with it if, if we didn't have this podcast openly calling for his firing over and over. We'd be very obvious candidates, but I feel but, like there would be opportunity. You know, slip the cart girl. A thousand dollars, slip something into his drink on the course out in Vegas or wherever he yeah. is. But but we have to follow the parameters of the question. You have to pick one or the option. No, you that's no, that's that's why I did pick option two. Oh yes, I'm yes, killing yes, yes. Jerry yes, Stackhouse. Yes, okay, because that okay. would be the rest of his life until his yeah. passing. So um. We're going to be censored for using the word kill, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's okay, though. We're not actually advocating no, for that, by the no, way. No, no, Um, Yeah, I'm definitely... Jerry Stackhouse cannot be my stepfather. My mother and father have a great marriage. Um, I wouldn't want to do that to my mother nor my father. So I would choose option B. And I guess just deal with the consequences. I don't... I mean, I think we go on a tandem mission that we have to assassinate him. We have to go on a TDR mission undercover. And I don't and think Jerry out. Stackhouse would treat if, if this was somebody else and somebody's like, yeah, Jerry Stackhouse can be their stepfather. I don't know if Jerry Stackhouse would treat your, your mother and would like treat your mother. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we've That's heard, so, we've heard, question. we've heard some rumblings on, we're getting off of the deep yeah. end now. We're getting yeah. up. We've heard there are murmurs. There are murmurs. But yeah, I guess I'll just cheer for Vanderbilt Athletics the rest of my life. Um, great question. Great question. This is this is this next one's a really good one too. 
Hey, boys, my wife has become annoyed lately at the frequency of my tweeting. My explanation of, babe, the doors need me, the lot two goons love it, and tweeting is temporary, but victory is forever, have not been received well. Any advice on how to support my doors without annoying my wife would be appreciated. He does note, she's the only girl in my life who has ever worn the Star V, black and gold, and she is always nice enough to make waiters and bartenders put on the Vandy game when we were out and about. First off, I would preface that this sounds like a wonderful lady. Supports Vanderbilt, wears the merch, and when you're out and about, is like, hey, you need to put that game on. Um, as somebody whose tweeting has been called out multiple times in the past, I get this. I We both love to tweet. People have told me, hey, you need to stop tweeting. You have a problem. It's an addiction. I don't think it's addiction. I think it's just a hobby. Um, I think first and foremost... Hmm. He, so here's the here's the two options that I'm thinking. First off, you respect your wife's wishes and then just sort of go because because now you're like, wow, she's given me so much leeway. She's been so supportive. Um, I can I can cool down on the tweeting or or you just do it more secretively, which is I think the route that I would go. Um, if I was this guy, what I would start to do. I would start to implement more fiber on your diet. So now you have an excuse to go to the bathroom. Whenever you're in the bathroom, you can fire off as many tweets as you want. And then whenever your your wife asks, hey, are you going to the bathroom just to tweet? No, you say, I'm going to the bathroom because I'm taking so much fiber, which is true. That's not a lie. You really have to go to the bathroom because of the fiber. But you just so happen to be tweeting. You're going to the bathroom to take a dump, and the tweeting occurs. You're not going to the bathroom to tweet, and the dump occurs. You got to start eating more fiber every morning. You begin your day with a Zen and a black coffee. Yeah, that I will agree. give you that will give you twenty to thirty minutes of bathroom time. Yep, minimum by ten thirty a.m. Yeah, I agree. That's step number one. Also, remember, Twitter is no longer called Twitter. So if the extra fiber, the Zens, and black coffee don't work, it was changed to X for a reason. Because that's what she has to become. No, no. This seems like a really good. This seems like a very supportive woman who loves the doors too. Um, maybe you can come to an agreement to where you have a tweet limit. So be like, babe, I get thirty tweets a day. Thirty tweets a day. Because, dude, think it doesn't take that long to fire off thirty tweets. I can fire off thirty tweets in like five minutes. So that thirty might seem like a big number, but realistically, that takes like what five minutes out of your day, if you're thoughtfully crafting and rereading. But if you do what I do, to where you just start manically typing with your thumbs and just hitting send, and then you realize, oh, there's so many spelling and grammatical errors in this tweet, it makes no sense. You still got the tweet off. You know what I'm saying? The doors need you. The doors do need you, and they do need your support on Twitter. As the smallest social media fan base, I would maybe appeal to that side and be like, hey, this is just something we have to do to support Vanderbilt. You know what I mean? I've already given my opinion. Many relationships have been ruined for me over sports. I keep that ball rolling. Let's continue it. Oh, it was changed to X for a reason because she might have to change that direction. So we have a Wi-Fi notification up there. Are we good? Oh, yeah, we're good. Okay, we're Are good. We still... I, I think we're good. Oh, yeah, there's no lag. We're straight. Um, Next question. Hey, boys. Wrong question. I just read that. <laughs> hey, Will and Trevor. 
My wife does not believe me when I tell her about the Vandy basketball glory days. She's spoiled with Big East teams of Providence who make the tournament nearly every year. Can you guys help me put together a hype video of some Vandy basketball moments so I convince her to go to a game with me at Memorial when Jerry's sorry ass is hopefully gone from Nashville? Your friend and eternal UT hater, George Barkley. Shout out to George Barkley. Uh, we can definitely make a hype video. I will say, you should tell your wife that back, the old Vanderbilt teams would have put Providence behind the woodshed. Um, also, too, if she loves basketball and is like a Big East fan, Vanderbilt, whenever it's bumping, Memorial Gym, when it's bumping, has the vibes of kind of like an ACC Big East yeah. sort of basketball vibe. You're like, man, these guys care about basketball. Um, if I hadn't lived through yeah. the experiences, I wouldn't believe it either. When That's you a fair point. When you walk in that gym now, even for the Auburn game last season, which we had a tailgate for, I was at, great environment, it still didn't hold a candle to what a normal game was like yeah. inside of Memorial when we were growing up. So I understand I would just start with like 2004 highlights on YouTube yeah. and just slowly progress through Vanderbilt beating number one ranked teams. Definitely play her the video of Shane Foster senior night. Oh, with the great one. With the... Uh, what is it? Good God. I'm completely blanking. They played Mississippi State. That was, yeah, against yep. Mississippi State. I don't remember how many points he scored straight at the end of the game, but that's a good place to start. And then the footage is pretty grainy. You have the overlaid. Uh, I'm completely forgetting. It wasn't even on television. Uh, oh, uh, Joe Fisher. Joe Fisher. I kept wanting to say George Plaster. I don't know why. My brain is broken after a long Monday, but it has, it has been a long Monday. Good God. But it has Joe Fisher's radio call overlaid top of Shane Foster's highlight performances uh, from his senior night. Start with that video and then move forward. And that will remind or at least show her what Vanderbilt used to be. Show the whiteout against Tennessee. Oh, I think it was like 2008. Yep. 2008 whiteout against Tennessee. Uh, uh, show her Kevin Stalling snatching the ball from oh, Joe Kim Noah. Yep. Yeah. Um, just everything prior to the Bryce Drew era. I I, I would I would do that, George. Shout out to George. Uh, we love that guy, George from Boston. I have a question for you. We're gonna go a little off 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 uh, off schedule here. You mentioned Joe Fisher. Would you let Jerry Stackhouse marry your mother if that meant that Joe Fisher was the play by play guy for Vanderbilt again? I don't think you understand the level of disdain I have for Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> Both as a coach and a human. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's not just sports. You're like on a personal level. You're like I I, I you're like I hate. I this don't guy. I don't like. And really, it's not anything specifically that he has like done. It's the narrative on ESPN and SEC Network combined with his after post game press conferences. I don't vibe with Jerry Stackhouse. So no, even though I love Joe Fisher, would love to see him back in the booth. I still can't do it. Yeah, I get that. Honestly, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Um, now, if you said if you said Tim Corbin, oh yeah, Tim Corbin definitely. Yeah, Tim Corbin you know, seems like a wonderful guy. Polyamory is pretty popular nowadays. I I, I would not approve personally um, of 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 a of that sort of relationship. But that's just that's just me. Especially when it came to my parents, they should stay together. Nobody else involved. I love my bringing the parents in is, is tough. That's a tough that's one. Tough. Yeah, that's a tough. There one. are many personal things I would sacrifice in my own life for that scenario. Yes, yes, but like bringing the parents in, I'm like, Just no, that's it. too much. Yeah, yeah I, I that's one of like it's folks. like that and Phoebe. Those and yeah. not even my cat are like the only two things I if care somebody about. Somebody was like, <laughs> kill Phoebe, and Jerry Stackhouse is no longer the coach. 
I'm sorry. Like, I, I really would take a life for Phoebe. I really people are like, oh, that's crazy. It's just a cat. I don't care. You're just a person. I'll I'll kill you. I'll I'll kill you for this cat. I love her to death. All right. Next question. King Hack Squad, what is your opinion on sumo deadlifts? Also not a question, but your hat drip is top notch. Thank you. I get most of my vintage hats from my father. Um, also, for those looking, eBay has a lot of really good vintage Vandy stuff. I get a lot from there. My opinion on sumo deadlifts, they're cheating. I mean, if you sumo deadlift, it's it doesn't count. Um, it's total. I, I don't care if you have a 1,200 pound total on deadlift. If it's a sumo, it really doesn't count. Um, be a man. Do it conventional like we've done for a thousand years. Don't do deadlifts. Do hang cleans and power cleans. That's also hang cleans and power cleans are Dead, great. Great deadlifts, exercises. unless you are competing in strongman competitions, deadlifts are one of the worst lifts for your body. All right, Ed Oberg. <laughs> it's just inevitable. You are going to have back problems, no matter how good your form is, no matter how responsible you are. If you consistently do deadlifts and if you consistently do squats below ninety degrees. You will have horrific back and knee problems. I don't, I do, I don't I do. care what the online fitness influencers tell you because they're going to have them too. If you go below 90 degrees on squats and if you traditional deadlift, you're going to be walking around like an idiot when you're 52 years old. This is the, the dichotomy of TDR because I deadlift and I go ass to grass on squats. And if I can't walk at 40, then I can't walk at 40. It just is what it is. I'm a power clean, hang clean guy. I'm more of a more of an athlete explosive type yeah, when it, when I get it comes that. to lifting. I get that. Great exercises. Um, this next question, how do I keep going? How Brother, do we, I how... ask myself every day, how do I keep going? And I don't know. <laughs> just, just accept the fact. Me and Trevor have this conversation every day inside of our slumlord apartment. Uh, you just have to accept the fact that life continues to get worse. And once you accept that fact, you can appreciate the good things that occasionally happen. But as you continue to get older, things only get more disappointing. The good things don't hit as well as they used to. The bad things hit harder than they used to. <laughs> once you accept that fact, you can begin to move forward and enjoy life once again. But you have to accept that things will only get worse. Will and I literally had a conversation today of just things that have just gone wrong in the past couple of weeks for us. And how we're like, how do we just, Dude, just why, why does this keep happening? Just list out like the last three and a half, four years. Things were, <laughs> things were great until 2020. That's 2020 what, really was the downturn. That's, now. I thought things occasionally would go bad prior to 2020. Once 2020 hit, I saw things started deteriorating pretty rapidly. Yeah. So how do you keep going? Um, Dude, just embrace the darkness. I guess, yeah. That's just just embrace the darkness. Catholicism. Just embrace it. Life is eternal suffering. <laughs> Vanderbilt teaches you this, young. Yes. It's a good life yes. lesson. And also you can always use Vanderbilt to show how loyal you are to any lady that you meet. That is true. That is that famous TikTok to where it's like, oh, if your man cheers for a bad sports team, then he's real loyal. That does go a long way. That really does work. I will say it doesn't work. <laughs> But I like to use it in conversations. <laughs> it doesn't work, but maybe one of these days, uh, maybe we'll have a Will as a Bachelor episode, and that'll be a good episode of TDR. Yeah. Try to find me a nice Vanderbilt fan lady out there. Maybe Aria. Yeah. I think she's in a relationship, so you, 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 got, Crap. you got some competition, but you are a very handsome man, and so I think she might like you. 
Aria, my DMs are open. Does she follow you on Twitter? No. Oh. Aria does not like me. I don't think Aria... I don't know if she knows... I'm not sure Aria likes most Vandy fans. I don't... Yeah, I know she's not a fan of TDR, but we're... We're like anti-Tennessean. Like everything that Tennessee yes. produces. Oh, I hate it. TDR is the opposite. I hate We are your trusted source of Vanderbilt news. Don't yeah. you worry. Yeah. Even though we're wrong. But we'll admit when we're wrong. That, that's, that's the, Yeah, that's, that's the, the beauty key. of us. We think we're right. And until we are, and when we're proven wrong, we're more than willing to accept we've been proven wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um. Next question. How long will Stackhouse be allowed to drag this program down? When will he be fired, and what is his buyout? Um, when will he be fired? Hopefully this season. Uh, what is his buyout? Rumors are, what is it, like $8.5 million, according to that one poster? Rumors. Rumors, I mean, yeah. we don't, the thing is, Vanderbilt not being a public university is very annoying. Honestly, I, yes. Yes. Nobody talks about how annoying as hell it is. And it's also people not understanding that. That doesn't mean Vanderbilt gets special privileges when it comes to contracts. Those are still mediated by agents and lawyers on both sides. That doesn't mean Vanderbilt's able to sneak in language that prevents the extension from being a real guaranteed extension. It's not how that works. It just means Vanderbilt is not required to publicly post their open coaching positions and is not required to release the contract information. Yeah. So the rumors are around $8 which would make sense with the hesitance to fire Jerry Stackhouse but we don't really know and if he's not fired after this year then we're gonna have a lot of content to produce for TDR yeah. I'll tell you that yeah there will be there will, the the content will be numerous what do you what if you had to put odds to just add on to this what percentage chance do you think he is actually fired not what percentage you want but actual percentage chance do you give it 60 40 he's wow. fired not fired wow is that is that more than you dude i was gonna put he's like 95 percent gonna be fired i dude, will be my I, this is not, that's where we this is a not bit. a bit like I, I i want people to preface i know a lot of what we do on twitter and a lot of what we do on this pod is a bit i'm telling you i i'm not sure he gets fired i really think that if you're like what's your reasoning my or what's your logic I've been a fan of this program my entire life. That's my reasoning. And so there is a real part of me that I don't know if he gets fired. I get that's crazy. I totally get that. But I'm just being honest. I'm not sure. I'm going to keep telling myself it's 95% confidence because I I can't even wrap my head around the thought process I will go through if he is still the head coach in year six. I. My entire mindset will be different. It might drive me to shutting down TDR. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And I don't want to do that. I love doing this podcast. I love interacting with the community we've Mm -hmm. created with TDR. But if they truly don't care that much. Yeah. And 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 even if you can say Candice Roy Lee, it's not not caring. Even if she set herself up to be unable to do it, or if it's just ignorance. Yeah. Either way, I can't sit here and put my time to make no money on this, lose money on this mm-hmm. podcast because take time out of our very take busy time weeks. out of every single week to do this when the administration who's be- being paid exorbitant amounts of money to manage this athletic department just doesn't care. Yeah. So I can't even wrap my head around the thought of him being the head coach next season. So I'm trying not to get angry about it before it ever happens, mm-hmm. but he has to be fired within 72 hours of the season. Ending. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, 
yeah, I'm just, dude, I don't, and I want to trust Candace Story Lee. I think that she's done a really, for the most part, I truly believe she's done a really good job thus far. This is going to be a real black eye on her if she doesn't fire him uh, ASAP. Uh, next question. Will we ever achieve any form of happiness again? This shit is becoming unbearable to watch or even keep up with. It's almost time to start picketing in front of Magoogan to promote change. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Will we ever achieve happiness again? Uh, I'm, dude, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I think this, I think we really might be Sisyphus. And we're just subject to rolling the boulder up the hill. You got Texas coming in. You've got Oklahoma coming in. Texas traditional baseball power. Going to take a shot at Vanderbilt being the kings of SEC baseball. You see more investment from other programs like Tennessee with Vitello. Yep. Traditional powers are still here like LSU. Florida. Florida. The happiness is diminishing. The light at the end of the tunnel is diminishing. Things have to change very quickly. Uh It has to be before the year 2027. In the next two or three years, things have to change tremendously. If things don't go on the uptick, as call it the entire college athletics landscape changes this this right now it's already happened for like a year uh the next two to three years is a is an opportunity for vanderbilt to change where they sit in the landscape of college athletics yeah i agree and so i i'm trying to be optimistic realistically i'm a lot more pessimistic i think things are going to stay pretty much the same mm-hmm. but vanderbilt does have an opportunity if they can get a few donors invested, a few wealthy Vanderbilt donors invested really into the NIL, they've done the upgrades to facilities slash are in progress of doing those upgrades. If Vanderbilt can get the NIL bag, I think Vanderbilt being located in Nashville in a city uh-huh. can be an advantage that these other schools just cannot match. I agree. Just because of the potential of the name, image, and likeness funds that can flow in with Nashville being a city, the only Power 5 school, Power 6 school located in Nashville, Mm -hmm. really one of the few located in a major city outside of, what, Georgia Tech? Yeah. um, uh, USC. Stanford, kind of. Uh, Yeah, kind of. There's not... Most of these schools are in college towns. Miami. Miami. Most of these schools are in college towns, not real headquarters of corporate operations. Yeah. And Vanderbilt has a chance, so will it get better? I don't know. But there is opportunity over the next two to three years. I don't see Vanderbilt taking advantage of it as of yet, so... I don't know. I don't think happiness is on the horizon, but I hope to God it is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Next question. Who is your least favorite Vandy athlete of all time and why? Once again, an absolutely stellar question. I am going to go with Christian Little is up there. I don't like Christian Little. I'm trying to think if there's a football one. Um, or basketball. Golly, that's tough. That I, I've never thought about it from that perspective. Christian Little is up there. Um, I generally, like in a more of a joking way, like while they were playing, I always didn't like A.J. Ogilvy. And now that he's gone, I miss him and like him. But at the time, I never liked A.J. Ogilvy. Oh, I got mine. Steven Rivers. Mm. Is there uh, why that dude sucked? A bad attitude. Um, I don't think it's even close. Steven Rivers, he sucks. I hate that guy. 
Yeah, probably outside of that, Blake Froming. Uh, dude's <laughs> dude's just an asshole. Can't stand that him. dude. Sucks. That dude sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably Blake Froming, my least favorite of all time. Second, Bruno Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I hate Jack Barton and Tommy Eccles. I hate those guys. Um, Yeah, for me, it's Steven Rivers. Um, I'm going to agree. Not close. Um, Vandy has five wins and a chance to go to a bowl with their next home game. What song kicks off the Lot 2 tailgate playlist? To go back, maybe Marcus Bradley might be on that list very Ooh, very disappointing yeah guys that have just let us down what was what was the last question sorry <laughs> i missed it i was still thinking on the previous one. i'm still kind of thinking about former hated vandy yeah. players too we might have to circle back to we might as okay so as players pop into our head just randomly we'll just blurt out so and so hate that guy um vandy has five wins and a chance to go to the bowl game in their next home game what song kicks off the lot to tailgate playlist so vanderbilt has five wins the final home game of the season. What do you put on the speaker? Tony Montana. Banger. Banger. Maybe the Meek Mill version of Tony Montana. Yeah. To really get us going. Uh, maybe Hate Being Sober or Love Sosa by Chief Love Keith. Sosa, classic. Just the absolute. Maybe we might kick off, kick it off with Thunderstruck, possibly. Ooh, a little a Thunderstruck classic, drinking game, a too. A classic yeah. drinking game. Uh, depending on the time, I get out there a lot earlier than everyone else. Usually, I'm just playing music for myself. I start off every single tailgate once I connect to the Bluetooth. I start off with Good Morning by Kanye West. Yeah. Just to get the vibes flowing. But I'm going to say Tony Montana, the Meek Mill version. I would also go underrated one, Dreams and Nightmares, Meek, Meek Mill. That would that would be a good one. Um, I think also, I don't I don't know if you would start the tailgate off with this. But maybe as it gets closer to game time, uh, a Millie, I'd put on a little a Millie. Um, yeah, that's a really good. Tony great. Montana would be a great start. Dream on by Aerosmith. Oh yeah, great one, great one. Um, yeah, I would, I would personally go Dream oh, Nightmares. I, I take it back. I think I'm going Helen back by Kid Ink. Oh. I think we might have to go with just fitting the vibe of where we were at at that point of Vanderbilt is actually sitting. Yes. Oh, yes. There are so many good options. Might have to think on that one. That's a fantasy in the future. Yeah. Vanderbilt sitting at five with an opportunity to get if to six. Vanderbilt sitting at five with the opportunity to get to six. And as soon as I hear the hold up, wait a minute, y'all thought I was finished. I would I would go into a, a, a sedated, not a sedated state, but I would go into a hypomanic state. Oh, yeah, you play that. A lot longer intro than I remember. Gets the people going, dude. That that it's, with a couple of a couple of brews, a lot of black and gold. It's starting to get dark out. Ooh. Oh my! You see some opposing fans walk by. You just get in their face. And you're like, you don't know the things I've seen. 
You don't know what dark. I've been through. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna. Oh, dude, I just can't. <laughs> even, it's breaking my brain thinking about the possibility of that. We've only ever thrown tailgates for the shittiest versions of Vanderbilt football, <laughs> yes. and they've still been great. Yeah, but we've only had horrific football to be tailgating for. If we had meaningful football to throw a tailgate for, holy oh hell, my word, it would be unreal. It would. I mean, but I, I'm still sticking with my original answer, Tony Montana. Yeah, I, I just think back to the Hawaii tailgate. The vibes are high, very high expectations for the football program. God, that was a great tailgate. That was a great tailgate. All right. Oh, do we have another? Oh, another banger. Not gonna sound good over it's those still, speakers. Just, I mean, Whatever, just a, dude. Just a I wish we had the technology and the rights to put that music in. But just a freaking not. banger, though. All right. Next question: What do we got? <laughs> yes, he's having to screen these live as we continue <laughs> yes. to record. Some of these, yes, uh, yes. Some of these are going through the screening process currently. Uh, question for you, Will: How long is Will's hair? What does uh, it look like without a hat? Also, tips and advice for growing out your hair to a length like that. Well, number one, I just had about two pounds of two pounds of hair chopped off last like last weekend of last week. So here here it is without a hat. Got a little hat head going on. Uh, Tips for growing it out at that length. Um, Go through a full mental crisis uh, (laughs) and also have your barber move across the country to California and then just be like, meh. We'll see if it actually grows out. Yeah. And then it does. Also, biotin, good vitamin mm-hmm. to take. It'll also make your fingernails grow pretty fast. Uh, nice multivitamin, some nice biotin and collagen sham- or shampoo and conditioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. Also, I just kind of accidentally did it because I'm lazy. And I finally went to Scissors and Scotch and had a middle-aged black woman chop my hair off. So it looks great. We're vibing with it. It looks great. I was a little bit delayed on the question. Is my watch goes off again. This Good Lord. I will say, too... Whenever uh, women go through like a mental crisis, they typically cut their hair. They're like, "Okay, I need to, I need to cut my hair." Guys is the opposite. Yeah. Whenever guys go through, and they're like, "I need to grow my hair out. I need to get, I need to let the locks go." So that's just the dichotomy of of, of men and women. I just had a, I had a moment when I was just like, "I've never actually grown it out before." I used to have a skin taper fade and had that for a lot of years, the, and was the just Travis Kelsey cut. The Travis Kelsey cut, a.k.a. the Will Byron cut. All right. I was ahead of the curve on that one. Did you see did you see his comments where somebody asked him about the, like, what do you think about them called the called the Travis Kelsey cut? He's like, they had to release that on February 1st. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they had to release that during Black History Month. He's like, that is <laughs> he's like, people, him, he goes, people have been wolves. getting this for a, a lot longer time than I have, guys. <laughs> he goes on February Black 1. History Month. They had to release that article. <laughs> okay. I heard a vicious rumor that Tony Vitello likes to order bright colored drinks out of sh- and drink out of straws at Hampton Social and take pictures in front of the mural on the wall. Can you guys confirm? I've never been to Hampton Social. It's all right. It's expensive, like everything in Nashville. Have you ever it's seen Tony Vitello there? I've not seen Tony Vitello. Cannot confirm, nor can I deny that he does that. I can't imagine Tony Vitello does drink out of a straw. I can't. Because, yeah, because as crazy, stupid love Ryan Gosling quote, it's like you're you're sucking on a small schmutz. <laughs> right? And I know Tony Vitello likes like sucking a little, so I, I know he's sucking on some fruity drinks out there. It's the Knoxville way. <laughs> that dude sucks. What a beggar. Um, 
Ooh, next one. F. Mary Kill, Clay Travis, Chad Withrow, Jerry Stackhouse. I, I, I saw this one earlier, so I know mine. I'm going to... I'm going to marry Jerry. Oh, I don't know, actually. I'm thinking about it. I know my answers. G- give me yours. So I'm going to kill Chad Withrow. I, I hate Chad Withrow. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, gave my full name on 1025 The Game. Just shit on me and openly made fun of me. He did. He dropped your government name yeah. on a nationally syndicated radio show. Screw we were guy. literally sitting right there because somebody texted us like, hey, Chad Withrow is on Jared Stillman talking about Will, and we're like, there's no way. We pull it up. We're literally sitting right there on the couch, and he's talking about Will. And then he's like, what's this guy's name? He's like, I don't know. And then Jared Stillman goes, the chat's saying Will Byram. And he goes, Will Byram, that's the guy. And we look at each other, and we're like, this cannot be happening right now. It wasn't even like, oh, he's mentioning my name. It was like, why? Why is this happening? I just called him a cuck. Have a sense of humor about it. It's the fact he didn't have a sense of humor about it. Fuck that guy. I hate that guy. Um, I'm probably just because I feel like he's, you know, follows men's sexual health (laughs) on Twitter. I'm going to go Jerry Stackhouse to fuck and I'm going to marry Clay Travis. I feel like me and Clay could have some good uh, intelligent discussions. He also (laughs) has a good amount of money, already owns a nice media corporation. We can also suckle off the teat similar to Chad Withrow and be a pity podcast. On yeah, Outkicks Network that is true. as a good tax write-off, so very similar to Chad Withrow. Uh, just be a tax write-off for Clay Travis, and as his legally married husband, I would greatly benefit from that. So I'm going to marry Clay Travis, I'm going to fuck Jerry Stackhouse, and of course I'm killing Chad Withrow. I'll say this, and, and, and here's my reasoning. I'll kill Chad Withrow, that's the most obvious. I'll sleep with Clay Travis. I'm going to marry Jerry, but I'll tell you why. He's probably got the most money out of all three of these guys. What I'm going to do before I marry him is I'm going to lawyer up and I'm going to make him sign a prenup and I'm going to make him give me a good amount of money. Oh, a in, prenup in, in prenup. your direction. Yes, okay. in my direction. I'm going to be like, hey, if we get a divorce, I get half of your lifetime earnings. Uh, and he will, of course, sign off on that. Um, and then after... About a couple of months, I will divorce him, and then I will be very wealthy, okay. having financially ruined Jerry Stackhouse as well. <laughs> I'm just going to ruin his life with sex. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That is my answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, the easy one is killing Chad with, though. That's not even close. He, somebody's going to send this to me. He's be like, these guys are threatening to kill me. And we're yeah. like, dude. Chill Chad. out, bud. Chad, go back to Mount Juliet and keep working out at Planet Fitness. Chill out, buddy. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny one. I think this was sent in by a player. Um, how do you guys think the long snapping battle between Julian Ashby and Daniel God will fare? Do they have it in then replace the greatest snapper in Vanderbilt football history, Wesley Schelling? Opinion on Wesley foregoing his final year of eligibility. Um, who will win the long snapping battle? I'm going to go... I'm going to go Daniel Gaw. Really? Yes. I'm going Ashby just to be on the other side. I will go Gaw. I think he's been here longer. Do they have it in them to replace the greatest long snapper available history? I love both these guys. Definitely not. Wesley Schelling is going to be playing in the NFL for a very long time. Friend of the pod, Wesley Schelling. Um, opinions on him foregoing his final year of eligibility. Um, I would have, I want to forego my fanship with his team, so I don't blame him. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I but they have him. no shot. 
no shot unless they show up to some TDR tailgates and dap us up. Oh but yes, then they have a chance, but probably they won't. Also, they won't be as chill of a vibe as Wesley Shelling. So, yeah, no, but nobody's going to be able to replace Wes. Nope, nope. Um, if you could add one former Vandy player to the roster based off current team needs, who would it be? This was sent from Andy from Long Island, which is my uh my one of my best friends, Andy Florio. Um, who one former player based off current needs? Keyshawn Vaughn. Healthy Keyshawn Vaughn. With the current scheme that's being brought in from New Mexico State with Tim Beck, yeah. he would fit alongside Nate Johnson. That would be explosive playmaking like we've never seen. Let's do this. Let's do it a player for each team. So I agree. Keyshawn Vaughn. If he's healthy. Because I don't think necessarily Keyshawn was the best running back in the history of Vanderbilt or anything like that. But with this scheme that's being brought from New Mexico State and the home run hitting ability of Keyshawn Vaughn, it's something Vanderbilt just hasn't and probably won't have for a very long time. I like that pick. I'll probably go J-Matt just because the wide receiver room is a little bit thin. Um, then again, it's not a it's not a pass-first team, but I think Jordan Matthews, as we all know, can do absolutely everything. I would go Jordan Matthews for an, the football team. An underdog in this, I would say, is either Chris Williams at left tackle. Oh, my gosh. Great Just, just having an ability to block for this scheme. Or we saw the issues this team had at center. Last season, Bruno Reagan. Bruno Reagan. E- even though it might not seem like the most important position, having somebody to be the quarterback of that offensive line and somebody that can get the snap there consistently and can do his job. He's not my number one answer, but he's up there. I tell you what, too, on the defensive side of the ball for football, I would go uh, Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward would, would, Casey provi- Hayward. would provide punt, punt return as well. Yep. I was going to say that, or Joan could be a good option there. Uh, Andre yeah. Howell. Could be a good oh, option there as my well. Goodness, what a! What I think a they're sitting guys. solid at safety, solid at linebacker, decent at defensive tackle. Could I you think. go DJ Moore and get a little bit of a sort of a with the current needs of the roster? I'm going to say no. Yeah, because he was a safety, but did play some offense. So, so I'm like, I'm like, dude, you get best of both worlds with the current needs. I'm not going DJ Moore. Oh, I'm tempted to say he I would can, add he DJ would, Moore. He would kind of play a similar position to either Fontenot or CJ Taylor. That is true. On the defensive side, I'm going to go Casey Hayward. For basketball, I would add, um, I'd add AJ. Oh, I'd add AJ Ogilvy. Oh God, they need shooters though. Yeah, I would not add AJ Ogilvy. They need that shooters. That was not even on my radar. I'm, uh, I was thinking they need big men. I go John Jink. No, I go Jeff Taylor. I go Jeff Taylor. I go Jeff, Jeff Taylor. Taylor. Not a shooter. I would go. Probably, he would be the best shooter on this team. I would go Shane Foster. Obviously, because he was the best player in the history of Andrew basketball, or just based specific, and he's also a shot maker. I think he would thrive in the Jerry Stackhouse ISO offense. Yeah. Actually, I would also say John Jenkins, like you said, yeah. would be a big one. I also think that Luke Cornett would thrive. Yeah, he wasn't maybe not. He's not actually my answer, but I think he would do well in this Jerry Stackhouse offense. Would help out a ton on defense with shot blocking ability, but they really need just pure shooters. Yeah. And so I I'm think gonna, John's I think John go. Jenkins or Shane Foster, either one of those directions. I like Jeff Taylor because not the best shooter, but he would be the best shooter on this team. I also like what he would add to the defense. Um, he would be the best defensive player on the floor. The, the basketball one's harder because every single position you could like, use assistance like, dude, outside of point guard. 
Ezra yes. is the only position that I I'm like is agree. locked down. Well, too, even like I, I immediately went to like big men, and you're like, oh no, they need shooters. But then you think about it, you're like, damn, they really need a big. They you do know what need I mean? bigs, but, but I, shooting wins basketball. I, I do think that when you watch this team, they do struggle with size in specific instances. You could see it in the Kentucky game; they were lacking size very, very badly. But when you watch a majority of the games, what jumps out is they can't score. Yeah. That's like that rebounding defense is fantastic. But number one, you have to be able to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. That's step one. It's the opposite of football. I think a lot of teams build defense first. Yeah. Build the trenches first. And then you expand out to getting dynamic playmakers because it doesn't matter if you have dynamic playmakers, but you don't have the defense or the offensive line to back it up. Yeah. I think basketball is the opposite. I think you can get by as a very competitive team with just a team full of shooters. That is and true. right now, this team has no shooters. I don't mean that as hyperbole. No Evan Taylor or Tassos are your two best shooters on this team. They wouldn't even be getting playing time on a team from 10 years ago. No. And these are your best two shooters. Vanderbilt used to have five or six guys that were better shooters uh -huh. than Tassos, Comateros, or Evan Taylor. So yeah. I'm going John Jenkins, I think is my final answer on that one. He would add an element to this offense that would help out stacks X's and O's yeah. quite a bit. I will say, too, somebody from recent memory who provides you a lot of size, not the best shooter, but a pretty good shooter for his size, able to space out the court. Liam Robbins, not a couple, not, I mean, just last year, he would, he would be a big addition. I do agree with you though. Size, speed, you just need shooters. So I would, now that, now that I'm thinking about it, I would probably go, I would go John. John Jenkins or Shane Foster. Now Those for two. baseball off current needs. Um, I love Vastine. I would probably still go Dansby. I put Dansby at shortstop. How's the pitching rotation looking? Pitching pitching looks good. Um, second mention, I would probably I would say Carson Fulmer because I love him, but just Tim, having a lockdown closer. Tim Corbin. Just... Tim Corbin said that Grayson Carter, I believe it was Grayson Carter, has a lot of Fulmer in him. It looks like. Um, uh, Tyler Brown, remember when he was the closer? What a goon he was. That would be a really good one. How's the power looking? Not, not great. Okay. Not great lacking. J.J. Blade would be a really good addition. Brian Reynolds. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Dansby. I love you. Salute to my boy, Pedro Alvarez. Okay. Pedro Alvarez. Usually Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt every year, year in, year out, seems to be lacking power yeah. as of recent. So my, I immediately went looking for a power hitter in my memory. So I'll stick with you on that answer. Yeah, give, Pedro. Give, give me Pedro. Okay, next question. Um, how disappointed are you that we won't be able to see Pavia rip a fat piss on the tee at Neyland next season since it's a home game? Hashtag piss at Pavia for the win. Uh, I would love nothing more to, than to see Diego Pavia absolutely piss all over the tee at the 50. That would, dude, if I saw that and we got blown out like 112 to nothing, but I saw him take a piss on the tee, I would be like, you know what, man? It was a rough ball game, but I, I, I'm I, proud of the effort. I know this isn't the question it was asking. I agree with what you said, so just ditto on that part. Diego Pavia, I know the presumed starter oh, yeah, is, let's talk about this is, bit, is yeah. Nate Johnson. And I was listening to a Spaces with Billy Derrick and another guy named Will. Will, yes. Yeah, MLS Moves on Twitter. And he was saying his hot take was he expects Pavia to actually be the third-string quarterback behind Berlowitz next season. 
I think Pavia, he also mentioned, and I didn't really realize this, but it doesn't affect this opinion too much, that Pavia is a preferred walk-on. I don't know if that's true. I didn't realize that either. I don't know if that's true, but he mentioned it on, on the spaces, so I'm running with that. I think Pavia is the dark horse in all of this. He knows the offense. His head coach last season was Jerry Kill. His offensive coordinator last season was Tim Beck. He was the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year last season, and he decided to transfer schools with his former head coach and his former OC, where he won Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. Mm, yep. You don't make that decision as a senior without at least having a guarantee you will be considered or be in a competition for the starting quarterback job. Yeah, I agree. There is no, there is zero possibility he will be the third string quarterback. His, Diego Pavia will be worst case the second string quarterback. Yeah. I don't care where it's listed on the depth chart; he will be the second string quarterback. Berlowitz was Blaze Berlowitz was his la, his backup last year. Yeah, Pavia is a very very much a dark horse to be a fan favorite oh. if he can beat out Nate Johnson. Oh yeah, Nate Johnson is an insanely talented guy. Mm -hmm. However, he threw 72 passes last season with a 54% completion percentage. He was a package guy. He's young. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Uh -huh. I could see him growing into that position and splitting reps with Pavia. I think we are going to see Diego Pavia take meaningful snaps for the Vanderbilt Commodores next season. I think that's a fair And take. he's getting lost in the shuffle here. This guy, he doesn't have the traditional size. He's six feet tall. He doesn't have the the Joe Milton arm, which we all know is so important oh, to yeah. have a cannon of an arm. But in this offense, he can run. He knows the system, and he's going to make plays. I agree. And he also brings a mentality to that quarterback room and to the Vanderbilt locker room that they haven't seen in years. And Nate Johnson seems like a good guy. I'm not sure he has that fuck you energy no. that Pavia has. Yeah. The pissing on your rivals practice field. Vanderbilt desperately needs that. They need that like a fish needs water. Yeah. And so right now, I think Johnson is the betting favorite to be the guy, to be the starter, but he's not a proven passer. You don't actually know what Nate Johnson is as a starting quarterback down in, down out. You know he's explosive as a package guy, and he can make plays as a package guy. You know Diego Pavia in the offense Vanderbilt is going to be running next year can beat SEC teams. Yeah. He beat Auburn incredible performance he's proven he is the known commodity on this team so as much as nate johnson being enrolled in the spring he's having to learn a whole new system get adjusted to a whole new city so my money would be on nate johnson to be the starter but if there were odds on the over on pavia's stats i'd also be tossing some money on there because i think this will be more of a legitimate quarterback battle than people are anticipating despite all the nil money uh that comes alongside nate yeah. johnson that's a great take. We are running up on an hour 15. Okay. We'll go for two more questions. We still have a lot after this, but I think one of the questions I'm going to ask might take us a while to answer. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll do two more, and then we will cut, and then we will go to part two right after this. So, Perfect. Okay, next question. Top three favorite bands and top three favorite movies. From Let's our, cut after this one. Yes. All right. This, this, this is, is going to take a while. Yep. From our boy at Kempin Ain't Easy One. That's a brutal this question. Is a, yes. And to be honest, we'll, full transparency, 
We talked about this question for like a couple of days before we're recording this pod, and we're still not entirely sure what our answer is, but we will walk you through our thought process. This is the only question Trevor read off to me because he knew. Yeah. He knew I needed it yeah. beforehand. This is tough. So do you want to start with artists? Let's go with our, uh, let's go with movies. Let's okay. go with movies. This is tough. We're not breaking it up by category. Yeah. It's all movies. It's a, yeah, every movie ever made. Trevor I, is a Trevor's a film enthusiast. Yeah. I do so love So this film. is a brutal question for Trevor. My number three. I'm not gonna list them in order because I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> I love Silver Linings playbook. You got the Eagles, you got Bradley Cooper, you got Robert De Niro, you got Jennifer Lawrence. It's about this, it's about this I know. it's about this young man that struggles with mental health trying to, to find his way in life. Um I resonate with that movie a lot. With that being said, it makes me it's a it's a, it has a great ending. It makes me really depressed sometimes. Other times it makes me absolutely elated. I've only watched that movie with my high school girlfriend. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I've watched it probably a hundred times. <laughs> Good um, oh my gosh, the the ending to where he's like, he's like, this world will break you seven ways till Sunday, but finally, Sunday's my favorite day again. Go birds. Um, dude, number three. Okay. Good lord, dude, I can said, give you my wait, number one. Wait, it's not Silver Linings Playbook. I can I start at my number one because that's no, we're just listing down. our top three. I'm not giving. Oh, okay, my on. number one is Inglorious Bastards by Quentin okay. Tarantino. So you've got your number. That's one. my number one. You have yours. Your t- I know one of my three. Hit me with one because I have to include this in it. One of my three is Borat. <laughs> my wife my wife the dichotomy of man here that terms like silver linings playbook or inglorious bastards i'm like it's it's borat the first one the second one sucked it was awful. i never saw the second Do, one don't watch it it will almost ruin the first one for you how you know how borat in the first one isn't politically motivated it's yeah. just Sasha Baron and being Borat and just eliciting anger slash yeah. hilariousness from every form of life. Yeah. And capitalizing on people's ignorance and how much they look down upon foreign cultures. Yeah. And it's like the what do we always say? The disrespect of low expectations. Yeah. That's what Borat yeah. originally was sitting on. Mm-hmm. And that was the funny nature yeah. of it. It changed my entire vocabulary for two years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it ruined a relationship I was in <laughs> because I couldn't stop quoting Borat. What's up with it, Vanilla Face? <laughs> like, I, I still say that whenever a girl calls my phone, I still answer with, what's up with it, Vanilla Face? <laughs> 50-50 hit rate. If you're trying to pick up a girl at the bar, 50-50. It's a coin flip, but that's good odds, okay? Yes. If they get it. That's your wife. That's my wife. My if wife. they don't, they weren't worth talking to to begin with. So I'm gonna go with Borat as as my oh, as uh, my first top three here. It's did, not in order. Did you ever see Bruno? Not as good. I didn't like Bruno. It, Sasha Baron Cohen's masterpiece, and he's actually changed where he did the serious role, and I think it was called Spy. Actually, a really good, really I good know show he played or miniseries. A role in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. He was really good. in The that. first, the first Borat is truly a masterpiece and actually i it's one of like the three dvds i own i own the mount juliet library's copy of borat because i i was quoting the movie a lot and my dad watched it and he began quoting the movie a lot my mom started asking questions about the movie and saying is this appropriate i was like Uh, and 
And so she took it off the shelves at the Mount Juliet Public Library. Yeah. She's a librarian there. And uh, I now own the Mount Juliet Public Library copy of Borat. It's one of my most prized. <laughs> it's one of, it is my most prized possession, possibly. My, okay, I'll go my strong start. My second, um, this is also an easy one uh, Angels in the Outfield. I absolutely love that film. Uh, Danny, there's just the scene to where he's like, Dad, will you come home when the Angels win the pennant? He's like, I'll come home. And the Angels win the pennant. His dad doesn't show up to his court hearing. Um, Danny Glover was absolutely sensational. And um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, just just a fantastic film. R.I.P. Danny Glover. R.I.P. Danny Glover, man. Hello, Creed. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, lo- I, I love that movie. I love baseball. That was the first sports movie that I fell in love with. My number two, I'll go Angels in the Outfield. Also, a dichotomy of my number one is Inglorious Bastards. My number two is Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> I don't want my list to just come off as like the most stereotypical like frat no, bro, twenty six year old frat no, bro movies. Who cares? It is what it is. Whatever. My first sports movie, well, not first, but the one that fell I fell in love with. It's not on my list. Road to Glory. Show I dude, one of the most underrated it's movies. It's better than Remember the Titans. It it's up there. It's, it's so up there. good. Road to Glory is what it's slept on because it's PG. But it is one of the most slept on movies of all time. Dude, yes, I love that movie. I'm glad you agree with that. Dude, I I, I really think it's better than Remember the Titans. I really I love that movie. The movie where he's like, they're getting uh their food at the cafeteria and he's like, they're like uh getting like Mexican food. He's like, Y'all got hot doggos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just a good movie. I might watch Road to Glory after I finish editing yeah. this episode. Sometimes I think I have amnesia, but then I think of like very minuscule lines from movies. Like I haven't thought of Road to Glory in years, but I just remember that y'all got El Hot Doggos. <laughs> the scene when they bring over the white players to the black yes. party is one of, and then at the end when he's like, yeah. when the big tall white pasty center is dancing yes. at the party, it's one of my favorite scenes of all time. Dude, I cried like a baby when I first saw that film and they're in the huddle and the center whose heart's mm. too big and like he might die. And they're like playing the final game against Kentucky. And he's like, I don't care if you get a technical. You go there and you break the backboard. The first play of the game is him like having like a five slam a jamma type dunk. Oh, yes. I love that movie. Dude, I've not seen that in forever. I, I think the movie Miracle. Great film. Great film. Gets too much attention compared to Road to Glory. Yeah. I think Road to Glory was overall better yeah. than Miracle. Even though Miracle's incredible. I'm not trying to take away from it. This question is going to take a long time to answer. This is a great question, this by is, the way. Uh, let's split this. Let's split the episode in the middle of this question. So okay, Before, before yes. we go to artists, we'll keep doing movies great here. Great idea. And we'll close out part Because one. we might go 30 minutes on this is, this is This is a good question. Um, second on the list, God, I don't want it to sound too stereotypical, but I'm going to have to go fight club. So good. I, I know that's a cop-out answer. Everybody loves Fight Club, whatever, and it's a bro movie. Dude, I, that's a movie I could watch a thousand times and enjoy. If you think enjoy. Fight Club is a bro movie, then you're like a simpleton. You're missing that the is, point. That is a, a, a cultural commentary on like the modern like American life. People lose America. track of the point yes. of that movie, and they call it a bro movie. Yes. And it's not. It's incredible. The acting is incredible. Ed Morton, Brad Pitt. Oh, Dude, my word. You can't, you can't beat it. So that's an easy answer for me. Fight Club. God, I'm going to have to leave off some movies I freaking love now that I'm realizing that I've already given two answers. Oh, my God. Dude, my number three. Good Lord. Um, 
my number three. I hate to have two two sports movies, but I'm gonna go. God bless. Oh my word! This is. Do you have your third? I can rant. I can rant about. Let me mine. think about right. my third. This will give me a good time to rant because uh, I've got a few I want to put up there. Number one, shout out to my father, Steve Byram. We used to watch all the old Alfred Hitchcock movies. Oh, started. This is why this question's tough because starting out, we started out with Psycho, the classic, but we ended up watching almost every single Alfred Hitchcock movie there was. Um, and Alfred Hitchcock, if you're unfamiliar, look him up. He invented modern cine- cinematography, yeah. modern directing. He changed everything. The fact that they had blood in a movie and a movie about kind of sex and serial killers yep. and things, that was all Alfred Hitchcock. Yep. So historically, Vertigo is actually up there as one of my movies um, or one of my films that is in the top. It's not going to be in my top three, but I, if we had a top five or top ten, uh, Vertigo would be up there. I also really, really, really want to put The Dark Knight yeah. in my top three. I know it's a superhero movie. I know it's a top five movie on IMDb, but it's a top five movie for a reason. Because it had the best acting in the history of superhero movies and the entire yeah. future mm-hmm. of superhero movies. Every other villain will always be compared to the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, There will never be a performance that tops that. He died immediately after, which yeah. just adds to the lore adds of the it. mystique of it. I absolutely it, And on top of Heath Ledger just being an incredible actor to begin with. So it's not going to... I'm deciding between The Dark Knight and Crazy Stupid Love right now as my last movie in the top three. I know Crazy Stupid Love is a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, I Emma love Stone. Rom-coms. One of the best twists in the history of movies at the end. (laughs) Usually, I've figured out the twists before they ever happen. I had my suspicions about The Sixth Sense. Okay? I kind of had some weird funkiness. There's going to be a twist here at the end. I never... I'm not going to spoil it. I never expected Crazy Stupid Love to have the twist it did at the end. Oh, dude, that movie's been out for a decade. Spoil it. Spoil it, dude. When the backyard scene... That's so funny. It's... I've I honestly don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I did at the end of that movie. Going back to Vertigo, James Stewart, just look up James Stewart yeah. movies. If you haven't watched James Stewart, look him up. North by Northwest is an incredible movie. Pretty much anything by Alfred Hitchcock post Psycho or uh, right prior to Psycho. Yeah. Last on my list, it's going to be Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. I hate that one. I'm putting it above The Dark Knight. If we had a top five, the Dark Knight would be in there. Vertigo would be in there, but I'm going Dark Knight. So my top three, yeah. I don't even like my top three. How is this my top three? Uh, that's it's the, too short of a list. It's too short. But we'll do an honorable mention. Yeah, we're going Borat. <laughs> we're going Crazy Stupid Love. And uh, we're going Fight Club. Those, okay. those are my top three with an honorable mentions of Vertigo from 1958 and honorable mention of The Dark Knight. Dude, I think in my number three, I'm just gonna put Silver Linings Playbook. I I love that movie. I was I was debating between Silver Linings Playbook might be my most watched movie of all time. I'll go so um, one I have in Glorious Bastards, two I have Angels in the Outfield, three I have Silver Linings Playbook. Honorable mention, I love Taxi Driver. I I love I love anything. 
I love anything Scorsese. I love anything uh, Robert uh, Robert De Niro. So I mean, I get him. I get him confused all the time. Um, um, I lo- I also love horror films. I loved Hereditary. I loved Midsummer. Um, Requiem Requiem for a Dream. Jared Leto, a heartbreaking film, so good. Um, another De Niro movie that's that's probably up there with me as well as Scorsese, Raging Bull. That's a great one. Um, I love Blade Runner with Ryan Gosling. That's one of the best. That's one of the best films ever. Um, Lord, dude. The Killing of a Sacred Deer is great. Ah, dude, there's so many. I'm trying to think of... You got to pick one because I, I have plenty of honorable mentions I want to get to. Oh, no, my third is Silver Linings Playbook. Okay, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, to keep going, though. Yeah, I, I locked in three for Silver Linings Playbook. I love, dude, I love the Dark Knight series. I love the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I love that. Okay. Talk about a, a great one. Probably my best, my favorite crime sort of action film is Heat. Um, That has, uh, I don't think De Niro's in that. Um, but it's got Val Kilmer in it. Great film. Great L.A. crime story. Um, Goodwill Hunting. You have to throw in Goodwill Hunting in there. Um, always breaks your heart. Gosh, so many. I'm trying to think of the best movie I've seen recently. I see a movie almost every week. Wait, so what are your top three? My top three is uh, one in Glorious Bastards, okay. two, so, uh, two Angels in the Outfield, three Silver Linings okay. Playbook. That's your final three. I want to get your opinion before we switch over to part two, and we'll end this, let it export. And then we'll change the little bottom ticker to episode 260, part two. Did you watch Saltburn? Oh, I've seen it uh, twice. Okay. I loved it. Okay. Have you seen The Talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon in 1999? No, I don't think I have. Go watch that movie. Uh-huh. I liked Saltburn. Mm-hmm. My girl made me watch it. I liked it. Yeah, it seemed like the it was bathtub a, scene, it, dude. It just seemed like it was trying. It, yeah, I like get it that. was trying. It, it felt like it was trying to be edgy and I trying that. to get people to talk about it on social media, which yeah. bothered me. I loved it. The acting was incredible. Yeah. Everything was great. Great creepy vibe. Dude, Jacob Lordy is so, so hot. Good. I'm I'm dude. a straight guy and he's a hot dude. Yeah. The girl I was watching the movie with was constantly commenting on that, and I was like, same. He's hot. <laughs> yeah. He's hot, dude. And she's like, what? But You're like, yeah, he's go, a sexy man. My issue with it is I had seen The Talented Mr. Ripley, mm-hmm. which is a movie from 25 years ago with Matt Damon. It is it is scarily similar. Really? It is different. Uh-huh. It's based around an American, but there are certain scenes within that movie that are almost a shot-for-shot remake. Hmm. Like the same. It's the same storyline. Yeah, it's the exact same storyline. The talented Mr. Ripley, in my opinion, just tells the story better. Yeah, it makes you like and be more invested in the actual characters more. And mm-hmm. it goes further along with the entire purpose of the Saltburn movie, really, which is to take over that family, whatever. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, but you, we all know if you've seen it, how it ends. The talented Mr. Ripley, if you've watched Saltburn, watch the talented Mr. Ripley. You'll be amazed. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have this opinion. Yeah. So watch that movie, add that to your letter. I might watch I might watch that tonight. Also, a great film uh, that I really loved, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's about mm. the Black Panther movement. It's a uh, good movie. Very, very good. I haven't seen movie. that in a while. Very, very good. Dude, anything that um oh, what's his name? Uh Plessy. Um the white guy. Oh, he was in the killing of the flower moon. He was in uh sometimes I think about sometimes I think about leaving or I'm thinking about leaving you. Oh, oh my god, what is his name? 
so look up. Sometimes I think about leaving you because he was the. Is it something Plessy? Plusy? I don't know how to pronounce it. That's not even the name. Oh my god. Um, he was in Killers of the Flower Moon as well. No, I just saw that this weekend. Very bad. Don't go watch that with Daisy Ridley. He was in Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, you got to keep talking. I'm um. Uh. Yeah. So uh, I recently this weekend saw this new film called uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying, uh, starring Daisy Ridley. It's about this lady that just goes through the monotonous life of of of, of her work, and she does find love through work, but she's kind of weird. Um, super boring movie. I get what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to copy a ghost story, which is an A24 film. That's very, very good, but it's very slow paced, but they play it well. Um, cause it's following somebody who's, who's grieving the loss of their husband and just the monotonous, uh, Oh, there he is. Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah, Jesse, Jesse Plemons, Friday Night Lights, what was I Landry. Saying? Was I saying Plessy? Yeah, you were saying Mark, like, Plessy. And Sorry, I was like, Yeah, yes. no, Jesse Plemons. I was, oh, I was putting the first and last name together. The movie, Jesse the Plemons, movie Plessy. I was about to say that it will never be in, like, my top five or ten yeah. lists, but it is truly one of the movies I always recommend to people. It's like, most people haven't seen it, is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. So good. It, it stars Jesse Plemons. So good. Maybe the best vibe i've ever seen curated within a movie and the acting in it is so good did that movie make you feel uncomfortable yeah. when you were watching if you're it? in a relationship right now that either side is feeling like yeah maybe i don't want to continue this do not watch that movie no that movie will cause a breakup but not in a bad way it's more of like a drama horror type yeah. movie but yeah, if you have if you like movies, you like dark, creepy vibe films, whatever. I know it's not really the best way or most artistic way to describe it. Watch that movie. If you like Jesse Plemons, watch that movie. It's a great film. It's beautiful. Jesse Plemons is the ultimate chameleon. Yeah. He can be in any role. He dominates every single scene he is in. Absolutely. And he's so good at playing the good guy. Or the bad guy. Or like the creepy Dude, no, guy. he was in Black Mirror yes. as the bad guy. Yes. I think it's called USS Callister is the episode, one of the early episodes was of Black Mirror. Was that the Mirror. one that it was kind of like the Star Trek-y yeah. thing? Yes. And he's the bad guy in it, and he is incredible. In Friday Night Lights, as the good guy, yep. funny side character friend, mm -hmm. he steals Every single scene he's in. This has yes. just turned into our best favorite actors. Jesse Plemons is up there. Jesse Plemons is a great actor that doesn't get a lot of respect. No. Um... What's the best movie you've seen recently? I mean, I'm thinking of ending things with 2020. That's not that crazy. But no, but I'm like seeing like like the you've like watched like within like the past year. So to be fully honest, I am way more of a TV show guy than I am a movie yeah. guy. It's hard for me to say on that. I love The Big Short. So good. Saw that when I, but I'm also finance bro. Dude, well, I watched Margin Call, and I was like, dude, Will would love this movie, but you'd already seen it. I didn't understand a word of what was going on. That's what I liked about the big short is they're like, okay, the like it's funny, but like the audience is stupid. They have no idea what like what what is it like triple B bond stocks or whatever. Yeah. I don't even understand it. But like in the margin call, they assume you understand that. So I was confused. So margin call margin call bothered me a little bit because the main character at the beginning is actually very similar to what my first job was. Uh-huh at UBS not that it's not as glorified as it is in margin call it's not really glorified in that yeah. show either it sounds pretty boring but I yeah. was in risk management for a large investment bank and it's funny because that character would actually be very similar to me at the time yeah. raising concerns mm -hmm. and everybody's like no what are you even no they I'm not very yeah, and that's why I like that movie it was very realistic mm -hmm. of them being like shut up associate yeah. here risk analyst 
So yeah, margin call was good. I will say the big short was way better, the way better short. cast. Also, oh, maybe an all time cast, maybe oh, an all time cast. Um, that that's a that's a I'm really trying to good think one. on the movies I've seen in the last year. To be honest, I've not been impressed by any recent movies. I loved I loved Bo is Afraid, but then again, I love Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, the Peanut Butter Falcon is in my so good. That's in my top six or seven. It's movies. a great Shia movie. LaBeouf, very low budget movie. I yes. think the budget for that movie was like under five million dollars. Yeah. Like, if you want to watch a movie, if you're like every movie now has some negative message, dude, or, I was it lacks depth, it lacks genuity, it lacks oh, it feels too produced. Peanut Butter Falcon yeah. is incredible. The oh, acting is incredible. The storyline is incredible. The writing is incredible. The scenery is incredible. Mm-hmm. You can feel it is low budget, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel low no. budget, if that makes sense. Exactly. Like, it doesn't feel like they were scrapping for, oh, if they could have just had more money, this scene would have been better. The Peanut Butter Falcon is my new movie that I'm like, you have to watch. It's so this. good. If you don't like that movie, you don't have a soul. Mm-hmm. You don't have a soul if you don't like the Peanut Butter Falcon. It's so I'm going to go with that. It's basically like Tom Sawyer. Pretty much. Yeah. Tom Sawyer with Shia LaBeouf and a Down Syndrome man. It's that's so, basically dude, the storyline, and it's I cried unreal. like a baby, dude. I cried like five times during that movie. I was watching it, and somebody was asleep next to me, and I was just like silently just crying. Like, yes, oh, I'm a man. It's not that sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so wholesome. <laughs> we could be, we could be a family, dude. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> honestly has some banger movies. Um, he uh, there was a uh autobiographical piece he did called honey boy which is basically him growing up in the in the movie and tv industry and how his dad was super abusive um and wouldn't let him have like a regular childhood um uh if you're looking for a movie to watch tonight watch honey boy okay he recommends honey boy i actually haven't seen that Uh, i recommend i recommend the peanut butter falcon i have one last question before we cut off this part one of ask tdr anything uh, and go to episode 260 what this is a tough one. This might take you a second. What is your, in your opinion, the most overrated movie of all time? Oh. This is a tough question because it doesn't mean the movie sucks. It doesn't mean I hate the movie. It just means overrated because I know mine immediately. Give me yours. This is controversial. Some people are not going to like this. The most overrated movie of all time, in my opinion, doesn't mean I hated it. I liked it. I give it like a six or seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. Inception. Yeah, I thought Inception was a great movie, but the mind blowing slash can't understand the concept part. I understood the concept of what they were talking about Mm -hmm. within 10 minutes of the movie. And it plays out for two and a half hours or whatever it is. And people are like, it blew my mind. Oh, is the thing going to spin how it cuts? It's it felt like a smart movie for idiots. Yeah, but I'm also a Leonardo DiCaprio whore. So anything that Leo's in, I'm going to like. Shutter Island's so good. Yeah, I, I liked the movie. I give it like a 7 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10. But it being ranked up there as like a top 20, top 25 movie of all time. The concept's interesting, very creative. But they way overdo the explanation of it. And yeah. people way overhype the mind-blowing aspect of it. I'm like, that feels like something you could have come up with if you just smoked a couple joints mm-hmm. and sat in the backyard with some college friends. Like, what if you could go into your dreams? Yeah. <laughs> what if you could plant ideas into dreams? It's like, yeah, we've all had that high discussion in the backyard in college. Yeah. All right. We've all done that. 
the movie was incredible. I'm not trying to dismiss it yeah. too much, but it is overrated in the same way that I think Chick-fil-A is overrated. I love Chick-fil-A, but it's overrated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to have a line around the block everywhere. Yeah, It's very good, but it's not the greatest, and that's how I feel about Inception. I'll say Jaws because... I well, and I understand why it was such a big cultural phenomenon at its time, is because no horror film had ever produced anything that realistic. So I feel bad saying it's overrated because I understand if I was alive and saw the premiere of Jaws whenever it came out, I would be like, "Wow, that is the most realistic thing." So I'm I'm a little hard pressed. I'll say Goodfellas. I and, and I agree. I love Goodfellas. I think it's a great film. I don't think it's like all time, and a lot of people talk about it like that. Um, and I say that as I was like, oh yeah, I love Scorsese. I love De Niro. So I would probably go Goodfellas. Yeah, there's some other ones on here that I could toss into the conversation. Like I think The Matrix is overrated. I don't. I didn't like The Matrix. I think culturally, it has a lot of impact as far as the concept of it, and it's obviously implemented into life as yeah. one of the biggest influencers on social media and Andrew Tate references the matrix yeah. constantly. Everybody's talking about red pill, but blue pill. The, yeah. the concept of the matrix is better than the actual movie holds up when you go back and watch it. I wasn't watching it in 1999 when it was released. I watched it much later. So that's probably part of it to be honest, same way with you and jaws. Yeah. But that's up there for me. Uh, Goodfellas is another good one. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm not a big fan of any of the Lord of the Rings. I don't like the Lord of the Rings movies either. I'm the same way. There are so many movies on the side. We're looking right now at the IMDb top 250 list. It's amazing how many of these they got right. (laughs) The user ratings have gotten this right. We didn't even mention Whiplash. Incredible. It's not in my top 10, but it's one of the most incredible movies. Miles Teller. I like anything Miles Teller's in. If you haven't seen War War Dogs, Dogs. incredibly underrated movie. If you're just looking for a movie that you can turn your brain off and be entertained, (laughs) War Dogs is the movie for you. God bless Dick Cheney's America. (laughs) But all right, I think that's a good time to switch over to episode 260 in the second half of this uh, question, which is going to be our top three favorite artists. I think Trevor's going to have a little more discussion than me on that portion. But Trevor, it's time to sign off for episode 259. For myself, Will Byram, and my co-host Trevor Hewlin, this has been the first part of of Ask TDR Anything, Anything, episode 259, presented by 615 Collectibles.